0: Thank you so much for the uh, excellent, excellent uh, music to set our hearts uh, to be ready not only to worship in music but to uh, worship in the Word. Our text this morning will come from Matthew chapter 5 and verse 7 but there are certainly other uh, related passages. The Word of God says, Blessed are the merciful, For they shall receive mercy. We've been dealing with the theme of making the most of our lives. Making the most of our lives. But I I want to submit that it's not just making the most of our lives. Because the truth is, the life that we're living is not really ours. It's Christ living in us. And I think Paul would uh, back us up here uh, in Galatians um, chapter 2 no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So if that is the case, and if it is the case that God and and Christ and the way that the Spirit works all involve mercy and and helping and assisting and growing and forgiving others, if this aspect of our lives is silent, I, I submit that there's an issue with discipleship dysfunction, discipleship dysfunction. And, and we want to certainly stay away from that, but we must start at getting to the root of how we think about who we are and who Christ is in us. Otherwise, we'll think this is simply our enterprise. Uh, this is uh, up to us to just basically be good people and and live in, in the world as just essentially good people and, and, and not really extending ourselves uh, for the sake of the kingdom and its purposes. Well, that kind of flies in the face with Christ dying on the cross, not less not only to forgive us and take away sin but also to give us something else uh, to give us a new life, a new heart that 's dedicated to him. I think uh, in the scripture, I have um, many passages, as probably you do, where you Every time you read them, it just sets your heart afire. You, you, you think of the marvelous things that God has done and, and it just brings you to uh, an emotional boil uh, in a good sense. One that does it for me is in Ephesians 4 and it's these three words in the Greek, ha-de-theos, ha-de-theos. And those three words in Greek simply mean, but God. And what Paul has been looking at is our condition, you know, that, that we were dead in our sins and we were dead in how we thought and, and our actions. And in, and he concludes all of this to say, we were children destined for wrath, just as all the rest. And then he says, But God, how death of us, but God being rich in mercy, and because of his great love which he had for us, and although we we were dead, he made us alive with Christ. And if you keep following the path of Paul's line of thinking all the way over to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, it says this, for we are his workmanship, we are his workmanship created in Christ for good works which God prepared beforehand in order that we might walk in them. Now, I would argue vehemently against the thought that we have a works based salvation, that we have to do something um, to, to, to earn what God has given to us. And, and in fact, we don't have the capital for that. Uh, the, 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 that type of capital. God has to send from heaven uh, with Jesus Christ to pay for our sins. Even if we were quadrillionaires, we would never have, a mark, uh, have enough to pay off our sins. We would be woefully inadequate and made, as well be homeless and penniless in that regard. But, but Christ pays off everything, but he just doesn't buy off the, the debt against us. But he purchases for us uh, the right to engage and live in a new life with God, serving him through Christ and in the spirit and in this wonderful saved collective of redeemed souls called the body of Christ of the church. So we, we are set apart uh, to demonstrate the life of God in this world. Uh, it, it, we're bringing the life of the future, the eternal life, to bear on the state of chaos and brokenness and fallenness and misery in this world and whenever we find the case of misery we have to remember that mercy is where ministry and misery touch each other mercy is where ministry and misery touch each other So as those who are recipients of mercy through salvation, and and again, before the throne of God, we will receive mercy again at the proper time. As uh, one ancient great commentator said, we will get mercy at the proper time before God because when believers stand before God, it's like we'll stand close uh, there before him and he'll get, wait a minute, I'm picking up the scent of my son on you. I, I, I detect a clear uh, scent, an aroma of a, a death that paid for sins, but also the sweet fragrance of a new life lived for my glory. I, 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 I know you, people. You, you fed me when I was hungry. You visited me in, when I was in prison. You, you did the Matthew twenty-five forty thing, and we would say, "Lord, when did we ever see you when you when you did this? When when we did these things, rather." And He would say. Whenever you did this to anyone who was in that horrible circumstance that they were in, when you forgave, when you loved, when you helped, when you empathized, you did it for me. So, then, our, our, our thesis this morning is this those who have experienced God's mercy in Christ will show it to others and so demonstrate their Christly character and their destiny as those who will receive mercy. At the last day. We've already tasted it and we will receive it once again. So, those who are merciful, if we can restate this, they are so because they have been saved by the mercy of God in Christ and now they live merciful lives. There should be no such thing as an unmerciful, uncaring Christian. This is James' concern. When he says, uh, what is the benefit if, if uh, someone says, I have faith, but it's not attended by faithful living, which he uses the term erga there for works. It's not working to get a salvation, it's working in light of the salvation being present. So it's not this this, this dysfunctional attitude that says, I can come to church, I can get my praise on, I can participate in the ministry, but that's going to be very limited, Uh, and then I'll give my little bit to God, and then the rest of the time is mine. Well, that's a wrong assumption, because on the cross, Jesus didn't buy interest in you, he bought all of you, the whole works, and and that is for for you and for me to, to live up to the calling and blessing that he's given to us. So in Matthew 5, uh, 7, uh, we see listed in the Beatitudes a quality okay, and then a commentary on the second part of that Beatitude, which tells you the promise, what's going to happen in light of that. There's the quality, uh, blessed are the merciful, and then on the other side, there is for they shall receive mercy. The first four uh, Beatitudes focus primarily on one state of mind. Uh, blessed, uh, uh, Jesus says, uh, approved of God is a good way we can translate blessed even more so than the word happy. Uh, makarios there carrying the connotation of approved of God uh, are those who are poor in spirit they're broken before God, they understand their bankruptcy, and, and they are humbled before God and desirous of his will. Blessed are those who mourn, uh, for they shall be comforted. The mourner are those who mourn over sin. Not just looking at the world and saying, oh, the world is a bad place and other people are so wrong, they see themselves as a part of it too. And there's mourning in their hearts because of it, not pride. Uh, blessed are the meek, blessed are those whose strength is under control before God they are humble before others they are hu- they are humble they 're easy to deal with, and then blessed are the merciful, and mercy here takes on several connotations that we would like to explore, so the first four beatitudes uh uh, focus on excuse me the uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness we 'll get that right here in a second uh, that 's the fourth beatitude, and then when we get over into the the picture of mercy, uh, mercy is not just a state of mind; it starts there, but it requires action so uh, the first of the four beatitudes focus on one state of mind, but um, the uh, beatitude that we speak of now mercy. Includes a nuance uh, of being of readiness to act. So mercifulness requires action. So what does it mean then to be merciful? What does mercifulness include? Number one, it is sympathetic compassion toward the needy or the guilty. Sympathetic compassion toward the needy or guilty. Number two, it's taking on the suffering of others not just with sympathy, but empathy, putting oneself in their place. And thirdly, mercy includes both feelings and actions. It, it doesn't feel bad and mourn and have sorrow w- without acting because otherwise uh, we, w- we would miss a beautiful dynamic here because this quality of mercy comes from God himself. And it's given to us through Christ as his children. So, uh, mercy is is part of our heritage, Uh, it's part of our our past, it's part of our present, and it's part of our future. So when we think of mercy often, it's like handing out ham sandwiches during Christmas. Well, is that really the mercy that it's talking about? Yes, it's including that. But it's also the sense of mercy in the face of having someone who has wronged you, and, and it's clearly evident that they have and you deal with it mercifully. You, you want justice but, but instead of vengeance you want reconciliation from the other person. And see, this is what God demonstrates uh, with us in the way of mercy. He, he, he has us in the wrong. And if we were all lined up in front of the cross and looking at crucifixion, there was billions of people standing in line, uh, God w- would read the charges against all of us. And no one could stand there and defend themselves because God has all the videotapes and can just play it back for us. Okay? So we're all standing there in line waiting to be executed. And the way he handles it, he's an angry God and we're sinners before him, but he puts his son up in our place because he sees our miserable condition and he wants to offer us mercy. So it's compassion, not just to the needy, but to the guilty who are needy of forgiveness. So the, toward the needy, there's a, a sense of uh, the merciful person offers help. Okay, uh, the the merciful person sees someone in misery and and offers offers help. Uh, I I see often, and uh, I have a, a good friend of mine in California. Uh, he's a pastor, and it, it, this just simply stays on his mind. We were going into the store uh, there. I was visiting to teach at his church, and it's like when he walks in into a grocery store there. I I can see him. I'm talking to him, and he kind of loses me for a while. He's not paying attention on what I'm saying. But what he's doing is he's scanning for people at the front of these grocery stores so that he can share a little financial gift with them, a little word of encouragement and share Christ And and I noticed this whenever I was with him and we'd go into a store, he's going to a scanning mode and he he finds a lady and her children out there and she's saying we're out of work and he stops and he talks to her, he gives her money, he engages with her, he, he does an evangelical act and what I mean by an act of evangelism and then words of evangelism that follow right after And I watch he's so consistent on this, and it's like whenever we come to a store, he gets a red light in his heart that just turns on and says, alert, alert, mercy opportunity. And that comes from deep inside of his heart, knowing that Christ Jesus has given him such, and it is now a marker of his thought and his existence of everything Uh, that he then must do this because it shows that he is aligned with the life that the Savior has given to him. So mercy toward the guilty, we've explained, the merciful person deals compassionately uh, with those who have wronged them. We might say it this way, blessed are those who are kind and compassionate to those who have clearly wronged them. God's actions in Christ are pictured as merciful, just as we um, reported from uh, the uh, book of uh, Ephesians chapter 2 there. God being rich in mercy. Hebrews 2.17 shows how Christ had to be made like us. You see that it's not just more of feeling bad for us but he, he took on the form of human flesh without sin in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and to make propitiation, uh, that is, to be a means by which sins are forgiven for us. Uh, it, it's not just that Jesus had compassionate feelings toward us, a sympathy, but he was willing to identify with our plight so much as to stand in the way of judgment flowing from God to us, and, and, and this course for engagement. Uh, the church is not in the world to be non-engaging. Uh, it, we're, we're not here as, as decorations. God has plenty of trees and mountains for that. We're here to be the agents of God's life, will, and kingdom, uh, to let the world know what the world to come is going to be like. Because we're on display to show it. We are the preview of the coming attraction. And, and it's, it's, it's horrible when the body of Christ is not known for things like mercy and kindness uh, and, and love and patience. When we're just known for being religious people. Right? So uh, we, we're not here. Uh, God didn't save us uh, for, for because He needed to decorate the world. He saved us because He desired to bless the world through us, His people. So merciful forgiveness is important quality. Uh, it's in, uh, uh, an important quality of being a person who is a kingship person, and that's the word that I choose even more so than seeking first the kingdom of God. Seek first his kingship. In other words, seek first to be submissive to him. Seek first to embrace his will. Seek first to embrace his life, to make his name great. Uh, Seek first uh, to be the, the kind of people that say, Uh, that others will say, you must have been with Christ. You must be a a, a real, genuine, bona fide, uh, believing Christian because even before you open your mouth, we can see you serving God. And this is the design for which we've been saved. And remember, this is not our life. uh, In technically speaking, what Jesus did with our life was put it on a cross, have it be executed, boil it up and throw it away. And then on Sunday morning, he says, here, try mine. Uh, it, is, it is his life that we're now living and we're not to be um, ones who, who quench that life by indifference or by doing what is simply convenient and rather than what's merciful. So because mercy in the heart uh, and actions is uh, of one who professes Christ, uh, should uh, is a paternity test. It is part of our spiritual DNA uh, that is a that demonstrates our familial connection with God. So it, it's part of our spiritual DNA. In other words, mercy is kind of a paternity test. Now, uh, I, I usually watch some some good shows on on television, but every now and then I'm scanning through. I, I'm a big documentaries guy, and of course ESPN and sports and all that. I I, I love it. Um, how, uh, uh, however, every now and then I, I'm scanning through the channels and, and I catch some old shows like Jerry Springer and um, or was it Maury Povich? Okay, and uh, I'm, I'm watching the show and and there's a case here where there's this young lady that's trying to tell this guy that oh you're the you're the father uh, of my child and you've been raising her. and the guy says I don't know because as the baby gets older it kind of doesn't look like me. Okay, and then the complexion's off, and just a whole bunch of features, everything are off, it just, it just doesn't match. So, so what happens is they, they send it to the science lab. And uh, so, uh, the, the alleged father has concerns here, but DNA tests don't lie. Okay. So what will happen is uh, uh, Jerry or Mari will come and they will take this envelope, they'll tear it open, and they, they will look into it, and uh, they will say something like, uh, "Jamal, you are not the father." And then the crowd goes crazy, and the woman starts screaming and crying. Oh no! This is the only you're the only father that this child has ever known, and you've always been this. But but the DNA test is saying this child is not belonging to this 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 man is not this child's father they they have no genetic connection and and i think mercy and qual um, and, and qualities like this the fruits of the uh, fruit of the spirit brother from galatians chapter 5 and love joy peace all the way out to spirit sponsored self control when those dynamics are missing from a believer's life there's some questions as to are you really related to who you say that you whom you say you are related As many as are led by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God leads us to love, joy, and peace, and goodness, and mercy, and all of these other things. And Paul says, and things like these, when he finishes in 523 of Galatians, he says there are a whole lot more of them. And he says, things like these demonstrate our connection to God. In other words, it's lived out. It's not simply proclaimed. It's not simply something, simply something that you can put on a wall in your house. It is something that is to be lived out. So the believers are supposed to evince this. Uh, And and we do so because we should have a hunger for it. We pray for it. Lord, give me opportunities to serve you. Give me opportunities uh, to do this, to to reflect your glory out in the world. But not only out of the world, but in the body of Christ itself. And I think the problem with some of us, and when I say us, I mean churches, is that we don't do a very good job of showing each other mercy so that when it's time to go out and show the world, we have no practice whatsoever. Now, I simply can't, I can't imagine that, that the best teams that I've ever seen, I, I think of the New England Patriots as I, as I called them, they were very good. I just didn't like them. But they were so efficient. Uh, and and their, their quarterback, Tom Brady, would sit down and he would go through hours of film study and looking at patterns and trends and tendencies. And when he, when he, he got ready to play, uh, they would, uh, especially in crucial situations, they, they knew what to do, they, they would respond. Because they were practice well. Uh, And yes brother. uh, I'm saying. I'm talking about practice. I'm talking about practice. So we do not practice well. Among ourselves. a, 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 A characteristic. That should identify us. As a special people. How in the world. Do we expect. To be ready. When God gives us opportunities. Outside of our circle. So. Number one, again, mercy is a paternity test. It shows us that we're related to God, and and also, uh, secondly, because forgiveness plays a huge role in the community of Christ, according to Matthew uh, six fourteen and fifteen, uh, these verses are not to, uh, are, are to be read in a way that. We become concerned about who we are because it says, if we are not forgiving, then the Father won't forgive us. And usually, everyone becomes concerned about their salvation. Forgiveness and peacemaking uh, are, are qualities that believers should have, and peacemaking, peacekeeping, all this, it has a, uh, a, a a way of fixing things that are wrong. There's nothing like uh, even us two people who are miserable with each other because they can't be merciful. And when, when you multiply that out, it becomes more miserable when you have more people. And then when you have people who are in life situations that ca- they cannot escape, that no one cares, adds to their misery. And we are not to be those who add. So those who are truly merciful... Okay. Uh, those who are truly merciful have more of a concern that their attitude is consistent with that of their Heavenly Father and Savior. Okay. So um, consider uh, this uh, whole idea of uh, a, a story in uh, Matthew uh, chapter 18. There is this fellow who is uh, forgiven this huge debt. Okay. And he begs and he pleads uh, uh, with the magistrate who's over him. You know, hey, please, you know, please forgive my debt. Don't, don't throw me in jail and this will ruin my family, ruin everything. And he's forgiven. But then he immediately goes out and someone owes him a, a lot smaller sum of money. And then uh, he just throws away everything that just happened and grabs the friend and chokes him and says, you better give me my mercy or else give me my money or else. And then when uh, when the uh, first magistrate hears about it, he says, wait a minute, I showed you mercy and uh, you didn't show someone else. He said, this is radically inconsistent. He says, I'm, I'm putting you in jail, okay? I, I'm throwing caution to the wind here uh, about letting you go and I'm gonna f- follow a different mindset because you are not appreciative of the mercy that you've received. And And the... Uh, the the idea here is that the mercy should should triumph. It should be the triumphal part that I've been shown mercy, ergo I will show you mercy in your need. And I don't know, brother. Maybe you're out of a job, and uh, yeah, I can give you some more time to get that money to you. To me. yeah, you pay me every since. Man, I just went through the same thing myself. And uh, you know, if I don't forgive, if I don't you know, help you out here and see your situation and help you in, in fact here, let me give you a few bucks to help you tie it through you don 't even have to pay me back on that that 's the life that God expects from us so in response then, mercy is a state of the heart that looks at several situa- situations it looks at situations involving forgiveness and it wants to help there. It looks at situations involving someone else's need because they are are crippled by where life has placed them. And not necessarily physically, it could be financially, it could be um, uh, crippled because of uh, something psychological, spiritual, whatever. But mercy looks at the misery and says, I want to be a part of that in a healing way. Um, uh, Also, mercy is a kindness exhibited to someone Uh, caught in an offense against you and we we said here it's the same heart it looks at a person and and especially in cases when someone is is miserable because they know they've done you wrong they want to reconcile Um, the merciful soul is the one that says no I have salve for this Uh, we, we can smooth this over let's take this to before God because who knows tomorrow I might be in in your place and want the same thing uh, merciful, the merciful are those who pass forward the forgiveness of God. In other words, they don't suffer from amnesia. They, they don't act like, oh, I'm saved. Everything is perfect. Uh, if, if God forgot my sins, I forgot them too. Well, for God hasn't forgotten about how we are. It's just that he's not counting those things against us. Um, so the, the merciful are those who never forget uh, God's incredible uh, kindness in, in, in giving Christ to us. And it opens up their hearts to be the same. Uh, mercy also is a fruit of the spirit. Uh, although not specifically mentioned by Paul in Galatians 5.22-23. Um, um, but he does imply, as I mentioned earlier, that the list is not complete by saying against um, things such as these there is no law. There is no law to restrict us from engaging in anything that's a part of God's life and character. Uh, James describes the wisdom that is from above as being full of mercy and good fruit. James means to say that there is not simply merciful thoughts but merciful activity that attends those thoughts. So as we look at all of this and we sum it up, if this is the quality, if this is the trait, if this is who we are to be, then what's the promise? Then God says more mercy. Um, the uh, the verb there in the Greek is suggesting that they shall be shown mercy those who showed it in the first place. In other words, it comes back; it's cyclical. Uh, those who show mercy, mercy will be shown to them because of God's life being available in them. Uh, those who exhibit mercy shall receive it, especially through the Christ, uh, through Christ's atoning work on the cross uh, in service and sacrifice to his Father. So mercy is always a God thing. We might be doing it to, uh, to another person or for another person, but it's always an act of worship. But also, mercy is a quality that the body of Christ must evidence because of our organic connection to Christ. If there's no mercy, people should begin to question our spiritual DNA. So, in the end, we have a wonderful challenge. We have a wonderful opportunity but we have a wonderful God who has supplied us with a huge dose of what he wants us to share with others, not only in the body of Christ, but out there to our dying world as a signs of grace. It's an act of evangelism that can lead to words of evangelism to draw others in and near, that they might join the ranks of the redeemed, the saved, the blessed, and the merciful. Thank you so much for joining us and I pray and ask that the sermons that you're hearing in this regard, that you do us all a wonderful favor, that you don't allow these messages to die, but you rise, pray and uh, in your heart constantly and and make it live uh, beyond just your hearing. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us uh, in in worship, uh, in word. And please join us in living.